I'm not gonna lie, you will never hear me talk smack about Lincoln just because of my past with him, but that was super funny. Like <laughs> I saw that and I'm like, oh my gosh, I feel so bad. Yo, 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 what's up, Sooner fans? This is your host, Jeremiah Hall, formerly number 27 on the field, but always number one in your hearts. I am with you live from the prairie to the pros with my boy, my right-hand man, number nine on the field, Braden Willis. And this is the podcast on the prairie. Braden. Yeah, what's going on? What's up, my boy? Coming off of the national championship dub from Georgia, I am live from Denver, Colorado, and my boy Braden is where? Arlington. Arlington. At home in Arlington. All right, Sooner Nation. So, quick update on our lives. Like I mentioned before, I'm in Denver, right? And I forgot to say on the last podcast that I'm out here training. I am training at Lorne Lando Performance. He is the head strength coach for the Denver Broncos. No, I am not training with him personally. However, he designed the entire system. And I got a guy named Augie who is taking me through all of it with a few other guys. Um, the only other Big 12 guy I got with me is uh, a kid named Ricky. He played safety for Kansas, and uh, he's been talking a lot of smack to me about how Caleb <laughs> took the ball from Kennedy on that last play to um, or on that fourth down from earlier this year. And he's like, man, we should have beat y'all, blah, 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 blah. But you didn't, Ricky. But you didn't. So... <laughs> He's uh he's feeling salty about that one. But yeah, that's why I'm out here in Denver. Uh Sooner fans, if you guys are here, a bunch of you have already hit me up. Um, I'm out here trying to experience the food, experience the weather. You know, I might go get on the slopes a little bit, try not to hurt myself, because obviously I'm out here for a purpose and all that. But I'm down to have some fun. So hit me up if you're a fan from Denver and uh you listen to the pod. I appreciate that. But uh Braden, what's been going on with you, my boy? My Bray, hold on, ladies and gentlemen. Braden <laughs> announced that he was leaving. I mean, he was going to stay, right? And you guys, like, went insane with the love. It was like, bro, if they didn't love you before, the fans definitely love you now. Like, you almost got more likes and retweets and all that compared to when I announced I was going to the NFL. Like, they really love you now, bro. Yeah, man. As I say every time, man, I love Sooner Nation. Love the support. But, yeah, y'all went crazy on that. I'm not going to lie. I had to have a little fun with y'all, so I'm sorry if, you know what I'm saying, I caught y'all in the, I caught y'all on the wrong morning. You know, you hopped out the bed on the wrong side of the bed, and then you heard me say, I'm going to test my luck in the league. And then you're like, ah, oh, you threw your computer, and then you heard me say, I'm just kidding. And then you're like, oh, snap. But, yeah, I, I appreciate the love, man. You know, we're going to um, run it back and gonna have a good year. But in terms of my personal life, honestly, bro, I'm not going to lie to you. I've just been trying to get ready for Schmitty. <laughs> oh, snap. <laughs> I've been trying bro. to get ready for Schmitty. That's all. I mean, um, 
you know. Are you nervous? That, like, um, nah, nah. The, are you sure? That didn't sound very reassuring. Um, no, because I, I feel like during during high school, like this is no jab to anybody on the coaching staff, but during high school, my freshman sophomore year, like that was like the hardest stuff I've ever been through. Like, you know, no jab to, you know, everybody else, but you know, any of the coaches that we had before. But nothing at OU has compared to anything we did at high school. That's why I used to kill the workouts. So, you know, I think I'll be all right. I mean it might be a little shock at first, but I think I'll be all right. Like, you know, after a couple of days, I think I'll be fine. We, after the first week I should be fine. Okay. Are you I'm gonna ask you one more time. Are you sure you're not nervous? Because I, I heard the story, but Sooner Nation didn't hear or see your or Sooner Nation didn't see your facials. So are that are you confident that you're ready? Yeah, you know, hey, look, man. Hey, ready or not, it's coming. So I mean, I mean, you know what I'm saying? I, I gotta be ready. I mean, it's here, it's almost here now. So hey, I'm ready. Out of everybody, I think I'll be the most ready. You know what I'm saying? Well, I don't know if I'll be the most ready, but I'm going to be okay. That's how I feel. I'm going to thug it out. That's what, that's how I feel about it. Yeah. All right, Sooner Nation, you heard it here first. I will be the first person to interview Braden Willis after his first week with Smitty, and we will see what he says. You know? Oh, it's going to suck for sure. I'm going to oh, tell okay. you that. Okay. But, you know, I think I'll be okay, though. Not saying it's all- not going to suck, but I think I'm going to be okay. Look, bro, if there's anybody that has all the confidence in the world in you, it's me. But look, I done been there. I done I done done that. So I'm I'm just look. We'll, we'll come, hey, like I said, it's gonna suck. We'll we'll come we'll come back to it. All right. Yeah. Yeah, we'll we'll come back to it. Just make sure make sure you drink a lot of water and get a good stretch before that first one. All right. Don't worry about it. I'm gonna I'm gonna <laughs> be galloned up before I go back. Oh boy. Well. I thank God that I'm not on that Schmitty schedule because I wake up 7.30, eat breakfast, take my time. I got workouts from 9 to 10, 10.30, uh, sometimes 11, depending on if I have position work. So I got I got speed and agility in the morning. So my 40, my 5.10.5 L drill. And then in the afternoons, we start back up at 1. I get about two, two and a half hours for lunch. Uh, we start back up at one, uh, weight room stuff. So vertical, um, bench, all that type of stuff. And then I go to recovery and I'm done by four. So I'm, I'm living a good life, bro. I, I'm not, I'm not on the Schmitty schedule. All right. I, <laughs> I'm, I'm not missing that at all. You know, I just finished up my last day of school as well on Monday officially. I was still taking an intercession. So I'm officially a college graduate. Like, I don't have any more papers. I'm not going back. I'm done. I got my MBA, all that type of stuff. So I'm uh, I'm happy. This is probably the least amount of responsibility I'll ever have in my entire life. Hey, man, I love that for you. I do, too. I love it for Jay Hall. So, ladies and gentlemen, around the world in college football, Georgia wins the national championship after a 40-year drought. I believe the last time they won the national championship was in 1980, 81, if I believe. Well, yeah, 40 years, so it has to be one of those. So very boring if you're a Big 12 fan. 
a very, <laughs> a very, very, very boring game. If you're anything like me and did what I did, by the time the fourth quarter came around, I was at a party. I was so bored. I started driving home and I missed like half the fourth quarter. And then I start getting all these updates and I'm missing all the action. So, but talking about the first half, I think the score was like, what, 12 to six um, or 12 to three, something like that. I, or no, it was, it was nine to six. Nine to six. Alabama. Yeah. yeah. Nine to six. We had five field goals. Alabama was up. And I was talking to the guys that I'm here training with, and I was telling them, I'm like, yo, this would never, and I mean never, ever happen if a Big 12 team was on the field. <laughs> like, the score would have been like 24 to 14 <laughs> with like five minutes left in the first quarter if OSU or Baylor or Oklahoma was in that thing. So, yeah, very boring game for me, especially in the first half. Braden said off camera when we were talking about it, he was like, it's still a good game, you know, blah, 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 blah. I blah. thought it was good. I mean, I, I didn't think it was necessarily boring. Yeah, the scoring wasn't there, but guys are flying around on defense and, you know, making the, the defensive plays that some of them guys were making were, like, really spectacular. So I wouldn't say it was just boring for me. Yeah, the plays weren't being made, but then it, it made up for the in the fourth quarter when stuff started to kind of pick up a little bit. Yeah, but I will say those boys are definitely hitting. Like it was, there was a lot of talent on that field, and you could definitely tell because those those safeties were coming down on both sides of the ball, making plays within four yards of the line of scrimmage. You know, I believe it felt like that Bama running back um, Brian Robinson Jr. It felt like he had a good game, but then when you look at the stats, I think the kid had twenty two carries. Uh, 68 yards, averaging 3.1 yards a carry. So it felt like he was doing a lot of work, but then at the same time, you know, he's averaging 3.1 yards. He had, I think, a 15 or 16-yard run for a long, so that was like his longest carry. So you take that away, he's down to 21 carries, averaging maybe 2.5 yards a carry. So that Alabama one run game was was getting stuffed. And then – Georgia's DBs, lockdown all game for the most part. Bryce Young was going nowhere. You know, I think at the beginning of the game, I didn't even like the play calling at the beginning of the game. Now I'm talking about Georgia. Georgia was pretty boring, too. They kept running uh, counter and outside zone to the boundary. Um, for those of you who don't know what that is, it's when, like, let's just say the ball's on the left hash and you're running the ball to the left hash. So whenever you're running outside zone to the boundary, you're hoping that your numbers are better than theirs. And most of the time they're worried, but when you got fight when you know you're facing fast linebackers like that that can fit a gap, it don't matter. It's it's pointless. And then you don't have a lot of room to run. So the play calling seemed iffy at the beginning. Um Bryce Young couldn't really get into the rhythm. Uh neither could Georgia's quarterback. Um Definitely conservative, though. They yeah, were definitely stupid. conservative. Very. Yeah. They weren't doing – they weren't sticking to their bread and butters. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, Georgia was throwing the ball, like, not trying to establish the run game. It was just real weird at first, like, yeah, as far as offense goes. But, I mean, both defenses were playing, you know, great. So, I mean, maybe that has something yeah. to do with it. It was definitely a defensive game. But, you know me, we're offensive guys, or at least – 
I am. I'm paying attention to the opposite offense. And I feel like the quarterbacks just can get the ball out their hands. I'm like, yo, if anything, give your receivers a chance. Like if you're facing one-on-one coverage, just, just throw the ball, like give them an opportunity. You know what I'm saying? And we didn't see a lot of that early on, but moving on to the second half of the game, Brayden, <laughs> Brayden saw a little bit more of this than I did. You know, quarterbacks were getting into a rhythm. Uh, they were taking shots. Um, I think, I think the one I missed was like a 30 or 40 or 50 yard pass from Georgia mm-hmm. down the field for the touchdown. What was it? The go ahead, Brayden? Yeah, it was the last one that's no, it was no, it wasn't the last one I scored. Last one I scored was the interception, interception. return for a touchdown. That that was the go ahead to take the lead and go ahead and like kind of you know kind of start to surmount themselves as you know like okay, we're probably going to win this game because it was real back and forth at one point. But, yeah, it was a 30-yard just fade ball. Guy went over, kind of caught it, like caught it behind the dude's head, like over the shoulder like this, like, you know, mm-hmm. jump ball that kind of – kind of jump ball mixed with a over-the-shoulder catch. It was kind of weird, but it was over the shoulders behind – it was kind of behind him. But he went made the adjustment – you know, on the DB, DB didn't make the adjustment, caught it basically on his shoulder, brought it back, touchdown. It was, it was pretty though. I mean, great adjustment by the uh, by the uh, receiver. And then also, you know, just a good job by the quarterback of just giving his receiver a chance, just throwing it up there, letting him make a play. Yeah, you know, that same DB that was covering the Georgia receiver on that play just so happened to be the same DB that tackled the Georgia receiver when he got beat in one-on-one coverage and was wide open down the field. What did you think of that? Because when I saw it, I'm like, man, that's, that's, I want to say something else, but that was a terrible, terrible football play. But at the same time, it was smart because either you're giving up a touchdown. Yeah. Yeah. Either That's what I told my guys. Yeah. I was watching with some of, some of my boys and I told them, I said, that's smart by him. He knew he was beat. It's either a touchdown or a 15 yarder. So if you're going, if you're going to get a PI, you might as well go ahead and do the whole thing. <laughs> you, like, you might as well get him down on the ground and make it absolutely no shot where he could catch that ball. Like you don't want to just kind of tug on him and somehow he gets to the ball and then it's like PI and he caught the ball. So you want to just make sure, you know, he has no chance. So I know. Bama would have rather had the P.I. than the, you know, 80, 70 yard touchdown, whatever it would have been. Yeah, I thought it was a smart football play. I've never seen it that bad before in college. Yeah, it was pretty bad. Yeah, like that was like he literally form tackled him, like get a rolled and all. (laughs) Yeah, like you said, bro said, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to go all the way. (laughs) I'm going to go hard. Bro said, you are not catching this football. (laughs) You're not catching it at all. You're staying right here, buddy. Oh, that's funny. I like like I said, I don't like the play, but I understand. You know, I it cuz yeah. the play rewards the defense. Obviously, it's not like the NFL where you get to get the ball where it lands or where the play happened or whatever. You know, they spot the ball a lot farther. And so, yeah. yeah um other than that though, I hear the kids a very good player. Um you know, I'm pretty sure he's he, he's definitely better than those two plays that he put on film. But those happen to be, you know, two of the biggest and most memorable plays of the game. Um, also, looking at another play that stood out to me 
that I also saw on social media today, Nakobe Dean making up for his teammate Channing Tindall. So Nakobe, I mean Nakobe, he's um, a linebacker for Georgia. Shout out to my bro; he's my fraternity brother. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, so Bama was down on the goal line. I can't remember what play it was. I think uh, I think it was like second or or third and goal, but it was a mesh play that Bama ran. Uh, the ball tried to go to the tight end, I believe. Uh, Channing Tindall, the other inside linebacker, was supposed to bump off to the tight end. Uh, he left them wide open. Then the Kobe, he covered for him, uh, hit the tight end as soon as he was catching the ball, knocked the ball out, um, gave uh, Georgia. I can't remember if they scored or not, but regardless, if you guys go back and look at it, um, the point of me telling you guys is Nakobe Dean, great player. Definitely a first-round pick. I remember us actually talking about him, I think, earlier this year on mm-hmm. one of the pods. I think it was like the first or second game. And uh, here we are talking about him again. So I guess I don't know about you guys, but between the Kobe Dean and talking about Danny Stutzman, the, the podcast does a good job of shouting out guys at the beginning of the season. So shout-out to us for, for pointing them out. And uh, shout-out to... Uh, the Georgia Bulldogs, as well as Stetson Bennett for leading his team to a national championship. I'm sure you guys have all heard the story on him, but similar to Baker Mayfield, um, he was a walk-on, earned a scholarship, as well as the right to lead his team. So uh, shout-out to him. Shout-out to Georgia. Braden, I don't know if you had any more thoughts on the game, but that's all I had. Um, no, nah, like you said, shout out to the boys, shout out to the Bulldogs. Um, I ended up being very happy with how the game came out. I mean, the the latter part of the game was very entertaining to me. So, I mean, I, I was in, I ended up being perfectly fine with how it came out. I just wanted to see a good game. I want to say, though, on the pod, I said Georgia probably was going to pull it out. I was right. So give me a green check for that one but uh nah it was a good game and uh I'm ex- I was I'm just excited to get back to work and hopefully put our bid in there for next year you know so yeah nah Brandon you did say Georgia was going to come back because it had purpose and I did I was rooting for I wasn't rooting for but my pick was Nick Saban however what I didn't know was that Alabama was missing all of their starting dbs like they were missing one through three and was playing with four and five and, and receivers yeah yeah and, and, and the top two receivers so ultimately that hurt them especially on the back end however a win is a win and uh, it was a good game so moving on to our next part of the podcast which is why you guys listen oklahoma football update so Braden, i haven't talked about this or I wouldn't say I haven't talked about. I don't have the inside scoop, you know. So the only thing yeah. I know is that we got guys in the transfer portal. I don't know why people are leaving. Uh, Caleb, you know, obviously is still in the portal. Uh, we got Dylan um, uh, Gabriel, um, the new QB. Uh, USC's quarterback is in the transfer. A whole lot going on, bro. So as a player, what? I know you're coming back, but bro, like just just talk to me. New QB, uh, your thoughts, just what's going on? So um, yeah, I mean, not gonna lie to you. Every t- it seems like every time I get on Twitter, there's like 
something new happening. I got on Twitter the other day and I thought that uh, Caleb had committed to USC or something. I was like, yo, what happened? And then I found out that they just, people were putting two and two together and, you know, the USC quarterbacks in the transfer portal. I mean, you know, but he has the right to go see USC and, you know, go see what they're talking about. And, you know, that's, that's why he's in there in the transfer portal. So he has the right to do that. And, uh, you know, wish him the best on whatever he decides to do. Even if he decides to come back, we're going to have a good time. We're going to ball. But obviously, as y'all know, last week I decided that I was going to come back, run it back. And I think either the day before or two days before uh, Dylan, I'm going to start calling DG Sooner fans because, hey, it's my, it's, that's my boy now. Now I got to come up with a nickname for him. But uh, DG, he had followed me on Instagram and Twitter when he uh, committed. I followed him back immediately, but at the time I didn't know if I was going to stay or if I was going to leave. So when I decided that I was going to stay, I ended up reaching out to him. It was like, yo, like, hey, like, I just wanted to reach out, introduce myself, welcome to OU. And then I just, you know, gave him my phone number and was like, hey, like, excited to run it up with you, like, you know. Let's do it. And he responded, cool guy, got off on the right foot. So excited to uh, see him, you know, uh, get to get to work with him. Uh, I know that, you know, I've seen a little bit of film of him from playing uh, at Central Florida, you know, obviously because my former roommate, Jalen Robinson, was down there with him. And uh, the guy can spin it, bro. So, I mean, regardless, we're in good hands, Sooner fans, regardless of what whatever happens. And then um, – Guys in the portal, man, like we said the other day, man, it it could be a good, it could be a bad thing. But, I mean, I will never talk badly about anybody for just trying to give themselves the best opportunity for their future. And I feel like that's what a lot of these guys are doing. So, you know, all the guys in the portal, love. I wish them luck. And uh, if it works out, hopefully they come back and ball with us. But if not, you know, like I said, I wish them luck and it's all love. But. Um, in terms of the OU football program, not going to lie, I haven't heard anything of when we're like supposed to report back when we start workouts or anything. A lot of people have been uh, asking me, like, when is the first committee workout? I don't know. I'm not looking forward to it anyways. So uh, I won't be asking until I hear. But um, yeah, so I'll probably end up going back up there this weekend. Uh, probably Friday or, or probably Friday and uh, getting back accustomed, you know, getting ready to getting ready to go. And uh, yeah, that's about our, our, that's a wrap up of the OU football program as of right now, other than the Twitter being in shambles every other day. I mean, that's, <laughs> I mean, I don't know, if, bro. I don't know if you've seen it though. <laughs> every bro. time I get on Twitter, it's yeah. like, it's either, it's either we, we, okay. Because someone, I'm going to go ahead and address one of the questions that was asked on Twitter earlier today. They said, what do players think about OU, OU Twitter? This is what we think. There is the highest of highs and the lowest of lows. <laughs> no in between. <laughs> Either it's going really, really well or it's really, really bad. There is no in between. <laughs> you know what I'm Bro, saying? Yes, I can, I can definitely attest to that. So real quick. I'm gonna address this all in order, right? So you're you're confident in our in our boy Dylan, right? Confident. Okay. Confident in our boy Dylan. Okay. 
Um, in terms of returning to school, so just to clarify with the fans, is this because of COVID or is this because you just haven't heard from the coaches or what's up? I don't know. I, it might be because of COVID because I know a lot of schools are either doing online for two weeks. A lot of schools are doing online for the semester. Some are not doing anything because of COVID. So I'm not really sure. Um, I know that, you know, school's supposed to start on Tuesday. So I'm assuming that's when we got to be there. I'm assuming as it gets closer to the day, you know, we'll probably hear something this weekend. But um, maybe because of COVID, maybe because, you know, they're planning to torture us when we get back. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure they got a plan for you guys. Um, they're probably just waiting on the university to announce when things actually start up. So no exactly. worries on that part. I know Venables will... Yeah, they got it all mapped out. Yeah, yeah, they got they it all mapped out. I know they do. Yeah, I'm not worried about that. And lastly, Twitter, bro. I feel like if I go a day without being on Twitter, I have missed everything. Like yes, like today, I I wasn't on Twitter last night. Like I went on in the morning, but I didn't get on last night. And then I didn't get on Twitter actually today until sometime this afternoon, this evening. And I feel like I just missed a whole bunch of like. I just missed, I feel like I missed everything. People were talking about stuff I didn't know. We got Perion on there talking about Tebow, which I just found out the meaning of today. And I am yeah, I me crying at that because I, I, I found out on like the third day after. And I was like, oh, wow. Really? Okay. So you yes, already knew. Bro. I already knew it. So every time I saw that ring regarding the Twitter, I already knew what it was referring to. Bro, this entire time, I thought Tebow meant Tebow. Like, the old quarterback. Like Tim Tebow, like, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, I, that's what I thought it was at first, too. I was like, why are they talking about, why are OU fans talking about Tebow? I'm like, yeah, I'm like, bro, like Tim what? Tebow hasn't done nothing recently, like, for OU fans to be warranting a conversation about him, but yeah. I'm sitting there trying to make the comparison, <laughs> like, okay, Tim Tebow, super huge Christian guy, played for Florida. How does that relate to Lincoln? I'm thinking, Riley? like, quarterback, quarterback, coach, I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I'm like, bro. I'm not going to lie. You will never hear me talk smack about Lincoln just because of my past with him. But that was super funny. Like, <laughs> I saw that and I'm like, oh, my gosh, I feel so bad. But <laughs> And then online, they got, like, definitions for it. It's really, yeah, really bro, bad, but it's kind of funny, though. I saw, T I saw a screenshot. Somebody put Tebow in the Urban Dictionary, and I was like, no. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> bro, Sooner Nation, y'all crack me up i would say what it is but we've um we've gotten messages from parents about you know how our show is pg so we officially aren't allowed to curse or anything so um if you want to know what tebow is uh yeah just just look it up it's on urban dictionary it's, it's, it's on it's on the internet <laughs> yeah it it won't take you long to find out trust me or a matter of fact just go to just go to perion's page and and start looking through the comments <laughs> oh boy man twitter is a mess lastly in relation to ou football well kinda in relation to ou football more so about lincoln riley Braden, did you see the usc football video let's talk about this I did, and I know you have similar feelings to me about it, but I I really didn't like it that much. All right, yeah. You know, I I, uh, yeah. I, I got a couple, you know, center fans, you know, some of the guys that are over there, 
you know, continued to coach us in the bowl, some GAs and, you know, everything like that. So I still follow a lot of them, obviously, because, yeah. you know, GAs or recruiting assistants, whatever. And then uh, I saw that and they were all retweeting them like, yeah, I'm not going to lie. I might have to push the unfollow button a couple of times because I don't want to see none of this. But what? yeah, it took it, it struck a bad nerve in me. Like, yeah, I didn't, it didn't, I didn't really like it too much, bro. I saw it. You know, I still follow Benny. I still follow Connor and, and the rest of the gang. And I know, like, in the, I know they're at USC. But when I saw that video, bro, my, I don't even play it OU anymore. My heart just started like, like. I, I got angry and I don't, I don't even know who I was angry at. I just wanted to be mad at somebody. I'm like, this isn't even right. Like, Lincoln was just telling, bro, Sooner Nation, what's crazy is Lincoln says the, I mean, he doesn't change. Like, once you go from coaching one place to coaching another, your tactics are the same. And I'm like, this man just told us this the other day. Like, we were just talking about this like last week. <laughs> and just then you talking hear, about it. Yeah. Then you hear Wiley like, work, man. I'm like, bro. Wiley was just in our weight room saying that. And I'm just like, oh, like, oh. Seeing like so it, many familiar faces and, yeah. you know, different uniforms, different place, like different surrounding the different guys. I'm like, yeah. Yeah, I don't like it, bro. I think what I'm going to have to do is I'm going to have to, like, go to my Twitter settings and block anything that says, like, fight on. <laughs> yeah, because I don't, don't want to see – I don't want to hear see none of that. Yeah, like I, I honestly, I wish Lincoln all the best, and I really do. Um, Benny, Wiley, the rest of the gang, all of them, Annie, love him to death. But I just, ugh, oh my goodness, like my heart is. I, that's how you know I'm a real sooner. Like that's how you know I'm, I'm definitely sooner bred, and I'll die as you know sooner dead at this point because that's just, ugh, oh my goodness. Yeah, <sighs> that was, we had to get that off our chest, sooner nation, because that was, yeah. Yeah, I saw the video and Ooh, I immediately what they say I, nowadays: tomato, 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 tomato. Yeah, yeah. I, I texted Braden and Alex, our producer, right after I saw the video, and I'm just like, I gotta talk about this on the pod. Like, oh, anyways, um, that's all the hate that uh the podcast on the prairie has for USC. Just that, just that little bit, just right? That there. little bit. Yeah, <laughs> not too much, but just a little <laughs> bit. Of, had to let it out, you know. All right, Sooner Nation, that is all we have for our talk of around the world in college football and OU. Coming up next, we have a special guest. Stay tuned. All right, Sooner fans, coming up next is our special guest interview. However, you should know this time around that I will be conducting this interview solo. It will just be me and my boy Turk. My co-host, number nine on the field, did not manage his time correctly this time around. And my boy has a paper due while we are recording. I've already rescheduled this interview with Turk at least two or three times. So I figured, what the heck, we might as well go ahead and do this thing. So without further ado, the guy who happens to be a punter and a fan favorite who also looks like a linebacker, one of my favorites, our guy. Michael Turk. All right, ladies and gentlemen, our special guest for this week's episode, a highly, highly requested Sooner favorite. You know, this is probably the first time since I've been to Oklahoma where the punter is actually one of the popular guys. Ladies and gentlemen, we have our guy, Hang Time Turk himself. Welcome to the pod, my guy. 
How's it going? Hey, great to be here. Thanks for having me on. Those are like four different sentences. How's it going? Hey, <laughs> great. <laughs> no, yeah, it's I'm, going great, man. Glad to be on here. And uh, yeah, you know, I'm glad to be quote unquote fan favorite, I guess. But uh, I mean, I'm just thankful to be on the team. Yeah, yeah, man. That says exactly who you are right there in a nutshell. Turk, how does it feel? The people want to know. We're just going to go straight to it. Number one, you're famous on YouTube. You have, what, over 50,000 subscribers, I think, at this point? 53, yeah, around there. Yeah, okay. But who's counting? I wouldn't um, say famous, though. <laughs> yeah. So you have more followers on your YouTube channel than we have followers on Twitter and Instagram combined and our personal Instagram pages and all of that. So how did you – how did that even happen? How did – how did you build the channel? Like, where did the idea of creating a YouTube channel come from? Yeah. So actually, this was during 2020, where we had a lot of downtime. And obviously, you know, the country was locking down. A lot of crazy things were happening. And I was actually watching. Um, I'm a Christian, so I believe in the Lord. And that's that's like the biggest part of my life. But I was watching like someone uh, preach to people. And it was a good message on the Bible. And then he was using a camera obviously to make the video and in the description it said like link to buy this camera and i was like you know what i have a lot of, all this free time i'm gonna buy a camera and started doing videos about the bible and scripture and uh theology and then one day i just took my camera with me to go punt and that was like the all of a sudden that video got a lot of views and i was like hmm maybe people just want to see my life you know as a college athlete and i could inter intertwine my faith in that but i'm not just going to sit behind a camera and talk about theology because there's already a lot of channels like that so that's just kind of how it started. And then um, it was fun just making videos about punting and football and what it's like being a college athlete. And so I've just been doing it since. Yeah. I will say that I have admired you from afar when you initially got to Oklahoma in terms of your confidence in the videos that you post, no matter what people say or no matter what they think, you were going to be you. And I think we all admired that when you first got to Oklahoma, we were like, all right, there's no way we can mess with this kid, Turk. Like he's, he's steadfast in what he believes. He's confident. He's strong. He's a punter, but he's built like a linebacker. So we're not, (laughs) we're not messing, uh, with, with, with the new kid. So like, that's funny. That's funny. You bring that up though. Cause I kind of felt a little bit like, Oh dang, I'm at Oklahoma and I'm, I'm so new here. I I didn't want to like, um, put too much attention on myself. So although I liked to make the YouTube videos and all that, I, I felt kind of that tension, but I was just like, as long as I'm handling my business and working out hard and punting, um, to the, like, you know, focusing on my craft first and foremost, I could do the YouTube videos on the side. And thankfully I, I appreciate people, you know, not having a problem with it and being cool about it. But at first, you know, it's funny you mentioned that cause I felt kind of like a little nervous to, to make YouTube videos, but now I'm just like, okay, as thankfully people trust me not to post anything dumb. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, for sure. I think that's the entire vibe at Oklahoma. People are like, as long as you do your job, they're not going to mess with you. They're not going <laughs> to think you're weak-minded. Um, for you, I guess, as long as you're putting the ball in the air with plenty of time for the punt returner to go ahead and wave his hand so that way we're not chasing them all the way down the field, I think we're in a good spot. Hey, and I want to give you a thanks, too. You know, I appreciate you being on the punt shield. Not everyone knows this, but that's one of the I, I don't know about the word worst, but definitely one of the hardest jobs in football because you get no recognition and you're just taking on a block. So you didn't have to do that, especially as a you know a captain and an older guy, but I appreciate you doing that. Yeah, no problem, bro. You know, selfishly, I wanted to be on the punt team just because it would look good for me on film for the NFL. It will look but good, yeah. At the same time, I will say, 
I'm kind of small for a shield guy. You know, typically, <laughs> typically Sooner Nation, you can probably go through and watch most of college football and see somebody that's at least 280 plus pounds back there. Oh, yeah. You know, typically when the punt return is rushing, uh, guys like Turk, they're going to put a fast guy. And so they just put a big guy back there. So that way he doesn't even have to do much. I'm only 245 on my best yeah, day. You were absorbing D linemen. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm taking hits from guys that are like seven yard full steam. Yeah. Like Turk said, these guys, um, yeah, they weigh a good bit. If you want to go back and watch the Oklahoma State game, I got put in my butt a couple of times. But it's all uh, right, though. You did, you did your job. Yeah. Yeah. Other than that, though, most of the time during the season, I was holding it down for you. Mm-hmm. But Turk, we'll come back to the YouTube thing in a second. I want to talk about how you got to Oklahoma. So, I know you were at uh, Lafayette. I know you were at Arizona State. Um, what happened to lead you to Norman? Yeah, so I was at Lafayette, Division One AA college, then Arizona State for a couple of years. And then we were uh, – it was during during training camp. Uh, the athletic director said, if you don't get um, vaccine – I don't know if I use that word, if it censors stuff. <laughs> I don't know, the, the jab. Yeah, bro, yeah. Okay, yeah, if you don't get the vaccine, you can't be on the – you can't play on this team. And then I just told – you know, I had the personal belief, like, I'm not anti-vaccine, but I figured – you know, I had COVID a long time ago and I didn't have much symptoms. I was working out and running still. And I just said, hey, can I wait until we have more data about this? And, um, you know, can I just have the choice not to get it right now if I'd be safe and, you know, watch who I'm around and practice good, you know, healthy habits? And they said no. And I said, OK, well, I just personally believe I I could I should still have the choice right now. And that's why I entered the transfer portal. And it was really late in the process, too. It was like it was during training camp. So I really prayed about it. And um yeah, thankfully, I got opportunities elsewhere. So I was in the transfer portal the first day and started getting calls from other from, you know, random schools and then uh, some big 12 schools. And then once I got in touch with Oklahoma, I was just I was so thankful to God and I was praying that it was going to go through and had some good talks, uh, good talk with the coaches. And thankfully, I got an offer. And so that's how I got here. But it was very like just last moment. Yeah. Yeah. I remember when you first got to Oklahoma and I was asking you the same question. So this was what in a matter of a week or a few days that yeah this all it was happened? really quick yeah it was really quick and I didn't you know I was I was happy Arizona State was cool it was just uh, we had a disagreement about what was right and so I decided to leave and then thankfully you know the Lord had a plan and it worked out here yeah so you drove all the way to Norman just I my flew, guy yeah yeah or flew yeah I didn't even visit yeah I just flew with my one suitcase yeah. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, our guy Turk didn't even stay in Headington, where most of the guys <laughs> on the team stay. <laughs> you stayed in which dorm? I'm currently in this room right now. This is Dunham Dunham Dorm, so Dunham College. Yeah, right across from the, still right across from the football facilities. But yeah, I'm a grad student still in the dorm. But you know, I think next year I'm going to move out and try to live in Callaway, the uh, apartment complex down there. But yeah, they just put me in Dunham, and I was happy with that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Next year, so like seventh year type deal or six year type? I think this is six. I'm living on borrowed time, man. I don't know. This is, I've, I've been in college a while. That's for sure. Uh, and I had to pray about the decision, you know, whether to leave or not, but I, I, you know, I think, you know, I know I made the right decision. So yeah, I think this is my sixth year, but it'll be interesting though. I'm thankful to be a part of this team. So what made you want to stay? Why didn't you come out? Yeah, that's a good question. Definitely a loaded question because there's a lot of different things to um, 
there's a lot of different things to factor in and a lot of yeah. things people wouldn't understand when it comes to punters and how they're evaluated and all that. Um, I think for me, the biggest thing was just having the best chance of getting drafted. And this year is the largest draft class um, in history. And um, I ended up having 35 punts and I did end up, and, you know, and I don't want to sound prideful. I'm just answering your question. I know I'm nothing without the Lord, only by his grace, but I did end up tying the NCAA record for highest average in a season. Me and the guy from San Diego State both had a 51.2 yard average, but I just didn't have as many punts. Yeah. And I feel like I left a lot on the table. You know, our net, we were number one in personal net and number three in team net, but I feel like I left a lot on the table with um, showing my ability to hit good hang time punts yeah. that are fair caught and direction, all that. And I know that that's what the NFL was kind of looking for. So um, that was one thing. And then just wanting to have the best shot possible to get drafted because as a specialist, it's kind of a it's a hard battle being the free agent, and I'm confident I could actually punt in the NFL right now. But um, I decided just to try to be patient for one more year and grow and develop, and really just have as many NFL type punts that they want to see on film. Yeah, no, I definitely think that's a mature decision. Um, I can completely understand that. You know, there's so many guys in this draft class. I've been told that several times. So honestly, man. Mm-hmm. If you're drafted this year, then you got a lot of luck and you got God on your side because there's <laughs> so many people in this in this draft class. But at the same time, there's a lot of guys coming back and it's there's a yeah. lot going on in this That's draft true, yeah. class and the next draft. Like for the next two, three years, the draft classes are gonna be wonky. And yeah. So um I also think thing. Oh, sorry. Oh, I was I was just going to continue what you said in terms of the timing of you coming out, because I know a specialist, you know, being a kicker, being a punter, even if you do come out and even even if you are the best of the best, you know, you have to go and take somebody's spot and somebody may not be leaving. You know, so does that yeah. go into consideration at all for you or? It does. There's always every year. There's always a handful of teams that are going to look around and probably have punter workouts and see if there's a guy that can get in, especially as. The only advantage you have as a rookie punter is your your contract would be less than, say, a veteran punter who's just as, like you guys are equal talent level, but you are getting paid a lot less since you're a rookie. Yeah. And not to sound prideful at all, like objectively speaking, I think I actually am good enough to punt in the NFL by the grace of God. I just uh, really just wanted to come back to solidify that and have the best chance possible of getting drafted and um, also just wanted to come back and you know, Lord willing, this team, you know, we do great. And I, I can be a part of something special. We can go all the way. So that'd be pretty cool. But um, yeah, there's just, there's just, um, I also feel like I got here pretty, pretty late, you know, right before the season started. And I've been moving around a lot in, in these college years. So if I could settle in and just Lord willing, have a really great year next year, um, it might increase my chances just to make the NFL. And I feel like it was the right choice. Yeah. You know, I'm definitely a favorite and a believer in staying in college as long as possible, especially if you're on a scholarship and an athlete. You know, the NFL will always be there. You know, I, I stayed five years. Um, we got my undergrad and my master's. Um, so I commend you for staying in that thing. Don't get me wrong. It is tough because you, <laughs> you see a bunch of your guys your age going on and getting jobs. Uh, some of your colleagues, teammates going on to the NFL and having some success. Yeah. And sometimes you feel left behind. But at the same time, you know this. God has us on the path and we're all on a mission of our own. And eventually right. that success will come. So 
I commend you for coming back. I know you'll boot that thing. But at the same time, Turk, you know, I'm an offensive guy. You know, I, I'm not a fan of the whole punny thing, but I do wish you <laughs> I do wish you success, bro. Hey, thanks. I appreciate it. Hey, you know, sometimes we can we scored on a punt play this year that we had a touchdown off a punt against oh, yeah, Oklahoma yeah. State. True. True. <laughs> That's like an offensive play right there. True. I'm mad we never got to run our fake punt, bro. I really wanted to run the ball. Yeah, there was a fake. I mean, I'm sure no one would care at this point, but so we can we can let the cat out of the bag. You know, there was a fake to Jay Hall, but <laughs> yeah. You know, maybe I, maybe I should not have said that because it would have a similar concept next year, but or maybe hey. I'll get the ball and run it. You'll never know. Who knows, bro? Yes, yeah, Sooner Nation, every week we would practice our fake punt at least like <laughs> four or five times. I'm like, man, are we ever going to run this thing? And It was a flea flicker. Jeremiah, uh, Jay Hall caught it, pitched it back to me, and then he ran out threw threw it down to him at yeah, the team. Yeah, yeah, definitely the good old flea flicker. <laughs> All right, Turk. Um, one other thing I wanted to touch on is your family. So I don't know if many – people know this but you have two uncles who played in the league um one mm. a three-time pro bowler matt turk um and uh another one who played uh 15 seasons i know matt he played what 16 uh yeah right there yeah yeah what memories do you have of being around those guys growing up yeah i, I actually lived with matt my uncle matt during my high school years so i see him as a father figure and um some great memories with him and it's definitely a blessing. You know, they've been um, a, a kind of a rock in our family. Dan Turk, he played center and long snapper. He passed away in 2001 and I was really young, um, but he was a rock in our family. And then Matt, Matt still is. So definitely a blessing to have those guys. And obviously Matt being a punter, he helped me a lot to learn how to punt and kind of go down that route. Just like uh, my brother Ben did too. He punted at Notre Dame. And so that was, that was a huge blessing for me to make the choice to try to be a punter. Would you say that you're a punter because of them? Do you think that they shaped you a lot to become one? Yeah, first, yeah, for, because of God, you know, that was just his will. And then just my family, of course. Yeah, Ben Ben and my uncle punting because I had three ACL surgeries in high school. I didn't even really get to play college. I mean, high school sports at all, actually. So I took a gap year and that's when I learned how to punt. And um, I knew that that was going to be my only chance of playing college football because I actually got a scholarship off of YouTube film alone to Lafayette College because I had no high school game film of me punting. So. Wow. So what position, what position did you play before? Or what position were you wanting to play? Uh, safety. Okay. That makes, okay. That makes I sense. I think you could find my safety highlights somewhere online if you, if you, if you really dug and searched, but it's not very many because I had three ACL surgeries, but there's a couple <laughs> okay. of good plays in there. I thought you were going to say linebacker, to be honest. <laughs> no, I liked safety. Just the thought of, uh, I don't know. It just getting interceptions and also making hits. Yeah, yeah. I honestly, if I could pick a position on defense, I'd probably go for safety too. It's a tough I position, think, though. Yeah, yeah. I will say that. I'm glad I don't do it now. I love tight end, H back, but safety does sound pretty cool. <laughs> All right, Turk. So we do this with every guest we have on the show. Is there anything you want to talk about any shout outs you want to give anything that you want sooner nation to know about you or just a statement. Anything yeah. you got? First thing came to mind, shout out to Jesus. You know, he's my savior. Second thing, 
shout out to you know just the new coaching staff and all my teammates it's been a blessing of a year to get to know you guys and i'm glad i'm just glad to be a part of part of this team and it's exciting right now too obviously there's kind of a feeling of like man a lot of changing stuff going on but i'm just excited for the next season to see how it goes and i'm confident it'll go well so um yeah and it's just been fun to be on this on this uh podcast yeah yeah, you know, are you wait, speaking of the team, are you nervous at all for what's to come in terms of the staff, players, etc.? No. Mm-mm. What about what about the Schmitty workouts? Have you heard about those? I've heard about those. You know, people are talking about that. I've been through a lot of college workouts now, so I think I'll be okay. And I know someone will probably say, you know, I'm gonna regret saying that, but I think I'll be okay and I like to work out hard and get after it. Um so I'm actually looking forward to that and hopefully to help give me a couple couple yards in my punts and a couple uh, tens of seconds on my hang time. Yeah. Yeah. I think you'll do just fine in the <laughs> Have you had Schmitty before? Yeah, I had Schmitty my first year. Was it harder than home. what we did last, like like the, this year? Let's just say, Turk, you know, you're Mr. Anabolic and all, so I think you'll thrive in the weight room. <laughs> However, that field work is no joke. And it's like <laughs> nothing we've ever had before. So, um, Wiley was fun. Uh, Schmitty <laughs> is a... Uh, yeah, you'll just find out, my brother. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I might have to, you know, I might have to talk to him about a schedule so I can still punt a lot in the offseason. <laughs> I don't want to have rubber legs trying to punt, man. I'm trying to be the best punter I can be. Uh, Turk's already over here. Like, uh, Shmady, we need to have a talk. <laughs> he's gonna he's gonna hit you with a hey, big dog. Are you sore today? You're gonna be like, nah. He's gonna be like, all right, get on the line, my brother. Oh man, that's all right. Oh boy. Oh, speak. All right, this is the last thing. And then I'll let you go. What is or has been your favorite video to record on your YouTube channel so far? Mm, that's a good question. I'd say it's been fun. Just all of them have been fun. Just recording, you know, what it's like here and um, got some good interactions with my friends like Gabe and all the other specialists and other guys. I think you were on there a few times. I'd say my favorite one, just like the day in the life. Um, yeah. The popular one, just because. That was kind of like a more laid back video. I mean, the game day stuff was fun. I try to be in the zone though and make sure I'm not, you know, bugging too much and I'm focused on the game. But just the day in the life where it was just like, it was like the middle of the week during the bye week. And uh, I got some really funny interactions on there with my friends. And so that was probably my favorite one. Yeah. All right, Turk. That is all I have for you today. Ladies and gentlemen, that is our interview with our guy Turk, our punter, one of my yes, favorites sir. on the team, one of the fan favorites. Turk, I appreciate you for coming on to the pod, man. Of course, Jay Hall. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. Up next, we have, once again, our favorite part of the show. We love doing the interviews, but we love answering you guys' questions even more. Listeners submitted questions. Up next on the podcast, all right, ladies and gentlemen, here we are. The first one, Bradis is going to start us off. All right. Um, first one we got from Skeeter Frazier. Don't know if this was on Twitter, Instagram, or whatnot, or email. But um, Skeeter says, have you ever used your name to get into certain places like restaurants, sporting event, et cetera, et cetera? The uh, face of – the new face of the organization. No, I'm just playing. No, but <laughs> – you're, you're the face of Oklahoma football. The, the, the good the the good image of me wants to say no, but I have to say yes. I have um, mostly like bars and stuff like that. But that's you know nor here or there. You know. Yeah, I feel the same way. Normally, 
uh, Frazier, I'm not even going to lie to you. Um, I don't like to use my name, but people naturally recognize me because there's not really another big, bald, light-skinned guy in Norman, Oklahoma. So once you see this head and once you see this smile, you kind of already know it's Jeremiah Hall. So the name dropper thing, I don't really like doing that, but I do love when people recognize me and uh, let me in the bars and uh, skip lines and uh, that type of thing. So it, it's happened a few times. I've I've enjoyed my time. So. But anyway, um, next question, TJ Bananas off of Twitter. He asked, if you put any two OU teams against each other, who would win? By the way, TJ, the main reason our guy TJ is getting a question on the podcast is because he made sure to let us know that he bought us a coffee. As a matter of fact, he bought us for coffee so if there's any point in this podcast to once again introduce the buy me a coffee feel free to click the link in the bio and buy us a coffee you know like i always say we're not big time but we do take spare change and i do appreciate spare change anyways answering tj's question so tj we know there's been a whole bunch of teams but However, we can only relate to a few. So we chose to compare the 2018 with Kyler Murray versus the 2019 with Jalen Hurts. And honestly, I'm going to go with the 2018. Honestly, I'm, I'm going to go with 2018 versus anybody because I don't know anyone that was – I don't know anybody who's going to keep up with Kyler Murray out the backfield. Yeah, I would have to agree. Plus that old line we had 2018 – you know, it was ridiculous. So I have to agree with that one. 2018, that, that was a really good team. Yeah. I think that was the year of the Joe Moore, too. I think that's when we got Joe Moore, 2018. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. Yeah. I think the only team that would be able to – if I think the only way somebody would be able to compete with the 2018 team would have to be us out – or whatever other team that would be would have to outscore them because the defense wasn't – that great, but the offense was like the best to ever walk the face of college football. So I'm not really sure, not unless you can find a defense that can absolutely shut down the 2018 offense and score as well. So maybe back in Roy Williams day or something like that. But yeah, 2018 all the way. Next question we got from our boy in the H-back room, Jay Summy. And he said, who Really is the worst dancer. Not going to lie. I don't know. Jackson, don't embarrass yourself. Jackson. (laughs) Jackson, you already lost to Latrell in San Antonio playing Madden. Madden. Please don't don't embarrass yourself twice. Don't don't start this again, Jack. Please. Come on now. Um, Anyways. Next question. Next question. (laughs) John Shoop, I got John off of Twitter. He wants to know what our worst dating experience was. Uh, to be honest with you, I don't really have a terrible dating experience because, John, I'm not going to lie. Like, I'm a pretty, like, if I'm going to go on a date, most of, you know, the guy always plans it. So I'm going to make sure that thing is entertaining because, you know, Jay Hall is there. If I can entertain thousands of people on the podcast on the prairie, imagine if you sat me down with one person. You know, I'm a just, I'm a Sean, baby. I'm a Sean. Brayden's over here laughing at me, but I'm a Sean. But I will say, um, this was actually pretty recent, actually, not too long before I left Norman. But I was, uh, 
okay, I'm not going to tell the whole thing because if she happens to listen to the podcast, this might hurt her feelings. But there was this little country girl, right, out of past Newcastle, Oklahoma. And I wasn't really giving her the time of day for real, but I had some extra time and I did want to see her. So, you know, I had already been talking to her or whatever. So I was like, you know what? I'll meet you at BJ's because <laughs> Honestly, that's right around the corner for me, but she had to drive like 40 minutes to get there. So I, like, <laughs> I, I kind of felt bad because she was like, no, nah, no, nah, it's okay. You know, there's not much out here this way anyways, and you might get lost, and there's not a lot of lights. And I was like, oh, my God, where are you coming from? But anyway, she ended up being super sweet, super kind, not my type, but she was super-duper country. Like, I don't know anyone who regularly says the bee's knees in a conversation. <laughs> she was she said stuff like the bee's knees or like the cat's ass or um <laughs> bro like she had these weird sayings <laughs> and honestly they were cute at the time but now i look back and i'm like oh my god like she actually said that and honestly bro i'm gonna let you go ahead and talk about yours but i'm gonna try and think of some more things that she said while while you're talking <laughs> um well john I said this was a good question, but now that I get to thinking about it, like, Jay Hall, I don't really have any super bad dating experiences. Um, The worst I can say was that one time, like, Jay Hall, I ended up trying to meet with a girl at a restaurant. And when we got there, it was in OKC. And when we got there, um, she was just real, like, Every time she talked, so I'll say it like this. Every time she talked to me, she would say my whole name and she would talk nothing about football. And I was like, I don't know if any. So let me give her a little bit of background knowledge. I don't go for girls usually that like football. OK, like because it's just, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, if you, no, if I, I can make know. you like me without you me knowing I'm a, like you said earlier, the earlier questions, I don't really plug in football. Like if you. If if I'm out and about and no one doesn't recognize me, I will go incognito. No, nobody will know that I play football or nothing like that. So when she got there and that's all she was talking about was football and calling me, she's like, oh, my God, the Brady Woods. I was like, this is kind of awkward. So after that, I kind of like left it alone. But that was the like weirdest kind of dating experience I, I had. So She said the Braden Willis? Yeah, she was just like, call me by my full name the whole time and you know what I'm saying this like, oh, I can't believe I got the Brady Willis here. I'm like okay <laughs> oh snap I was like too I mean I, I don't even look at myself like that like I just I'm just Brady okay well you're this like just I'm me. just the guy I'm just know. the guy like yeah I'm gonna have to start saying that in your intro for the pod the please don't <laughs> please don't <laughs> oh man oh boy all right Sooner Nation we're going back to something we did not too long ago we're going to go to our Twitter pages and see if we can find uh, some more questions you know some more rapid fire questions that we feel like answering we always have a list that you know we always want to go through but I'm going to go to the podcast on the Prairie page Braden's going to pull up his page and uh, we're just going to keep on going back and forth back and forth and get you guys the answers that you are looking for. So Derek Hill 116 off of Twitter, he asked, if you could have any superpower, what would it be and why? 
time control. I I would definitely have time control because then I could I could get rich playing off Amazon. I can get rich off the Bitcoin. Um I can correct all my mistakes, all those that I do want to correct. And, you know, I could just basically do anything that I wanted. You know, I could sneak on a plane or I don't know if I'd be able to sneak on complain planes if I control time. But I don't know. I feel like controlling time would be a cool, a cool superhero power. I'm not going to lie. That would be my that would be mine. <laughs> yeah, I would do that. Yeah. I would do that, too. It just yeah. makes so much sense, honestly. Yeah. I feel like I would go all the way back in time and show people the new dance moves like the di- like the uh the diggy or teach people teach girls how to twerk. They'd be like, "Oh, this guy is so cool." <laughs> <laughs> going on to the next question, uh from me, I'm going from bottom bottom to top. So, you know, just going to rapid fire it. But uh Morgan at Incredible Hole, she said, "What is your favorite Jordan one if you like Jordan ones?" Love Jordan ones. I'm glad this was brought up. Um, my favorite Jordan one, as of in my collection, I would have to go my mochas. As of recently, I would have to go uh, the Union uh, Black Toes. And then as of all time, I'll have to go just straight up breads, man. Yeah. I like my... I like my um, my Hornet color ones. I don't know the name of them, Brady. You probably do. You're more in the shoes, but they're like we the, were just talking about this. The light skin blue. The oh god, the light, <laughs> <laughs> the light blue ones with like the purple shoestrings and the Let's white say, shoestrings. They for so for everybody listening, they're like the hyper royals, but they're just they were the first. Uh, shoe to come out. I can't remember what they were called. They're like green, and I can't remember what they're called though. Yeah, but they're the same thing as the hyper royals that just came out, just a reverse version of that. Hyper and another color royals. Okay, whatever that means. Anyways, Adam Evans six off of Twitter. He asked, "What is our favorite phone app and why?" Twitter. It's superior. Twitter is cutthroat. People don't care about your emotions on this app. And it keeps you up to date. Like, I don't even have to watch the news. Instagram is more for the looks, the soft type of people. Don't bully me on this app type of thing. I'll report you type of deal. That's Instagram. All right. Next question from Tuscany Bob Stoops. I like that. He said, is there, uh, and a lot of people actually ask this question as well, but he said, is there, or she said, I don't know, you know, but is there any jealousy in the locker room around NIL deals? And I'm going to be the first to say, no, most people do not care. Okay. You would think there would be a lot of jealousy behind NIL deals, but it's not really, there's plenty of NIL deals for, you know, everybody plus, a lot of guys, you would be surprised, but some guys just don't care about that. I know, like, I was one of them. Uh, I wasn't going to do any NIL deals until the podcast, and I just wanted to do the podcast because Jay Hall asked me, and I was like, yeah, this sounds like a good opportunity, you know, to build a platform and just, you know, just chop it up and just have a good time. But you'd be surprised. Most people really don't care about NIL, which is 
what the complete opposite from what people think. They think we're just all in. You know, I mean, some people are, some people aren't. But no, I don't think there's too much jealousy in terms of NIL deals. Yeah, I don't. Honestly, maybe I, I honestly I can't really speak for anybody else because our, our NIL thing has kind of blown up. You know, it's hard to be jealous of other people when you have the number one podcast in college football. So, <laughs> Hello, bro. hey, look, hey, that's not even a brag, bro. That's just it is what it is. I'm gonna call a spade a spade. So my next question, actually, this is my last one. Then Brady's going to do one more. My next question also has to do with NIL. So uh, Bobby Broomer off of Twitter. He says, uh, what are your thoughts on the NIL stuff uh, breaking down? Are players finding it easy to navigate the process and our businesses working through contracts easily? What about the nonprofit NILs? Any interest in partnering with nonprofits? So I'm kind of picking back off of Braden a little bit here. NIL is not a big a thing as what people may think. Unless you're in a position like Caleb Williams or Spencer Rattler or any other super popular popular player, that is just, you know, out here doing it big and has all these followers. NIL is hard, people. I see all the time these freshmen who are are getting to college and are like, NI, my line's open, you know, uh, hit me up for NIL deals. And every time I see that, I cringe because it's not it's not easy like that. Like, people aren't just going to give you money just because, you know, you have to work for it. Number one, you have to work for it on the field. Number two, you have to have some type of personality, some type of character, something that will want to make people be drawn to you and, and to pay you. And, you know, you guys listen to us all the time on the podcast. You know, you all you guys love us, which is why you guys continue to listen. And even we aren't making like tons and tons of dollars, you know, off of this. Now, obviously, you can go on. Uh, the buy me a coffee and see how much money you get <laughs> off of buy me a coffee. And if you want to buy us a coffee, then, you know, go ahead and buy us a coffee. But even then, it's not life changing money. It's enough to make us comfortable and, you know, enough to put a smile on our faces. But at the same time, NIL is tough. You know, I just saw Andrew Rame uh, hit. Uh, what did he say on Twitter? You know, he wanted to work with somebody on a ranch. That is the type of things that people want to see. That is the type of interaction that Sooner fans want to see. They want to see you actually be a person. They want to see you actually do something. They want to see you, you know, show who you are, not just tweet. My line is open. Hit me up. Like, that just sounds so cringy. And I wanted to say something about it on Twitter, but I've already seen our recruits say something about it. And I just didn't want any bad vibes between me and the recruits because I didn't want to knock them down without meeting them in person. But yeah, I hate that line. Uh, hit me up or whatever. But I just had to make sure I got my two sits on it in terms of uh, NIL. So, Braden, I don't know if you got anything on it, but you can hit us with the last question. Uh, no, I completely agree with you. But moving on to the uh, last question, I, I um, picked up something fun for this last question. Uh, this is from at OU The Slammer. And OU The Slammer asks, I'm always interested in what's in someone's pocket, wallet, purse, backpack, whatever. You could tell a lot about someone by what they carry around with them. So um, I'm going to start with pocket. Usually my pockets have my wallets, my keys, my AirPods. In my wallet, I usually have my license. Very, very simple license, OUID. 
um, card, and like that's probably about it. Maybe a little bit of cash, but not too much. Backpack is where it all goes down. I feel like I'm doing the the uh, GQ thing where like these are the top ten things I can't live without. See, look in a backpack. Depending on where I'm going, you can have anywhere from. <laughs> <laughs> you can have anywhere from cleats and gloves to if I'm going, like, say I'm getting to spend the night bag. I got some gloves in there, got some cologne in there, you know what I'm saying? The essentials, uh, toothbrush, you know, deodorant. Usually I'm always going to have some type of cologne in my backpack. Like he said, I have to give a disclaimer. Like he said, uh, when we were down to Alamo, a little bit of a, I like to take care of myself, okay? I'm not going to call myself pretty, but I just like to take care of myself. So I'm going to have some cologne in there. Probably going to have some lotion in there. Some type of some like lip balm or something for my lips. Brush, do-rag. Um, and I'm going to say that's pretty much it for stuff that I know I'm going to guarantee that I have in my bag. Yeah. Maybe an extra pair of shorts or draws. Extra pair of shorts, maybe yeah. a hoodie or something, you know, just, you know, uh-huh. just stuff like that. Yeah. So it sounds like to me, ladies and gentlemen, that Braden is ready to stay over at a girl's house at any moment's notice with his backpack. That's what it sounds like. Sounds like my guy is ready to go anytime you need him or meet him on the street. Hey, yeah. I'm not going to lie. Or, hey, I said it depends on the time. And you might even run into me on the street and I have cleats and gloves in my backpack. That ain't going to work. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you do, ladies, do not come up to Braden and say, oh, my gosh, you're the Braden Willis. Please don't. I, okay. I, that, that is not me. <laughs> all right, ladies and gentlemen, that is all we have today for our listeners. Submitted questions. That is all we have for today's episode of the podcast on the prairie. Like I said before, uh, we take spare change. So feel free to hit us up in the link on the buy me a coffee. Uh, feel free to keep hitting us up with questions. Um, if you didn't get a chance to ask us a question, um, just go to our Twitter link and uh, you can DM us a you can DM us um, questions or you can go to the tweet that we just had and we'll just keep asking questions off of there. Uh, hit us up on Instagram. Um, yeah. Follow me on Instagram yeah. at Brayden underscore Willis. Give me the 10K. If you're following me on Twitter and you don't follow me on Instagram, what are you doing? Okay. Yeah. Please like, follow this man on, on Instagram so I can stop hearing about it. Please. Anyway, he's only saying that because he already reached 12K nation. <laughs> okay, yeah, you are you are right. I am a little bit selfish. No, but honestly, uh, thank you for continuing to listen to the nation. Uh, we love you, we thank you, and until next time, peace. And it's